The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. chapter 6 verse 14 is the text verse but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world God has a purpose when he saves us not only to put us in heaven with him that we can live with him forever and have our sins forgiven but he wants to, while we're here, wash the world out of you. Are you listening to me? He wants to wash the world out of you. Now, he saves you, and you're 100% world. I mean, you got world all over you, in you, around you. You smell like the world. You act like the world. You talk like the world. You do everybody. When God saves you, his desire is to create you in his image. And he is opposite of the world. He's, there's no world in him. I'm not talking about the birds and the bees and sunset. I'm talking about the philosophy of the world. The vile, wicked, anti-God philosophy of the world. He wants to wash that out of you. And so as you, when, you're, when you come to Christ and ask him to save you, a process begins called growth in Christ. We grow in grace. And God washes us as we obey. However, he gives us freedom to accelerate or slow the process down. In some degree. If you say, I don't want any part of it, then he'll usurp your temporary resistance and put you in a position where you want to obey. That's kind of what my mom and dad did to me. When, I, when they'd say, I want you to go out there and rake the leaves, and I would say, no, I'm not going to rake the leaves. First of all, I never told my dad no. Because I, do I look like I got dumb written on my forehead? I mean, like, when my dad said, go to rake the leaves, I would resist it and drag my feet and try not to do it. But ultimately, I knew that if it, 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 was, it was something my, my dad told me to do, I needed to do it. And just obeyed and went and did it. It was a whole lot better when I complied with a good attitude as opposed to obeying, dragging my feet with a big poochy lip. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll eat worms. It's strange that for millennium, Christians have used the Roman cross, the symbol of the Roman cross, as their symbol. No major religion in the world uses the Roman cross except Christianity. Oh, it's been misrepresented, perverted, and skewed by individual groups, there's no doubt. 
But originally, the Roman cross put dread and fear in the minds of those who saw it. It was not a fetish to be worn around your neck for good luck. It was a symbol of the most agonizing slow death up to three days. It was designed and perfected by the Romans. It was a tool most horrible and slow beyond imagination in taking one's life. The Romans were proud of it. They were proud of this instrument of execution. It was used by them freely. They would crucify people and line their roads with their crucified people to the victims of that to uh, instill fear and respect for the Roman rule. If you violated Rome, this is what happened to you. How strange it really is that this instrument that was, that was created to symbolize, and the cross which was created to symbolize an agonizing death, defeat, defamation, would become the symbol of new life and service for Christ. Jesus uses the cross and refers to the cross at least five times and results of being his disciple and following him. Let me read a few of those for you. Matthew chapter 10 verse 38 says, He that taketh not his cross. Now this is another interesting point. When he refers to the cross, he refers to it as a personal cross. Not take upon Christ's cross. He took his cross on and he bore it. But he's talking out about a cross, your cross. He's personalizing it. He that does not take his cross, or if I don't take my cross and follow after him, he says, I'm not worthy of him. Matthew 16, 24 says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And it's repeated in my text on the beach, believe it or not, was Luke chapter 9, verse 23, where it says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. I like that word. And follow me. In Matthew 14, 27, it says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So the cross used by Jesus Christ, the Roman cross, the cross of death and agony, is interesting that Christ would use that. The cross that Christ is talking about spares no one. It always ends in death. The cross, it is radical, it's violent, it's complete, it's all-encompassing, and it is consuming. The purpose of the Roman cross is to end, and if I may say the cross that Christ is talking about that we're to get on, is to end your life, period, in this world. It's to end your life. That's the purpose of it. It was the Romans' purpose of it. It is Jesus' purpose of it. God's new life in Christ. Oh, I like the song. New life in Christ, abundant and free. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. You can't take any more than a couple bars, I know. God's new life in Christ cannot take over your life until the old life the carnal man is dead. You must die to live as a Christian. 
You must surrender your worldly ambitions to gain the heavenly ambitions that he has for you. You must give up your world part of you to get the heavenly part he wants for you. You must die to be raised. You must walk in newness of life, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. You have to be buried with him in order to be raised like him. Does that make sense? God offers life, but not improved old life. The life he offers is out of his death, and whoever would possess it must pass through the cross. You must mount on your cross like he mounted on his cross voluntarily. Christ was not driven to the cross against his will. You didn't, in fact, let me just get this straight. You didn't tell Christ what to do and make him do anything because he was God manifest in the flesh. He did it involuntarily. In, in, the, in a movie they made, they made a lot of movies about Christ and a lot of them are just so unbiblical, but one, one part of this, this is called the passion of the Christ that I liked is when Jesus finally got to the, the hill where they were going to crucify him, Golgotha, and the Romans had the cross there. He grabbed the cross affectionately like, I finally made it. And I think that absolutely represents the Bible. Christ was born for the hours he, he hung on that cross. That was his goal in life. Does that mean something when he says to be like Christ? And we don't think about that, do we? Be like Christ? I want all the good, but I don't want the bad. You must be buried with him, the Bible says, in order to be raised like him. God offers life, not improved life. God offers uh, 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 out of this a uh, death to the flesh. He offers a new life. But there's an enemy of the cross, this old cross, this old rugged cross. The life lived in sacrifice and servanthood to Jesus. Uh, there's an enemy, and it's called the new cross. The title of this message is The New Cross Versus the Old Cross, or The Old Cross Versus the New Cross. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. How can you be an enemy of the cross of Christ? A.W. Tozer wrote a pamphlet years ago. And man, I kept that pamphlet and read it and reread it and reread it. And I'm going to give you an excerpt of that, a quote that I think is just tremendous. He says, he speaks most explicitly of this new enemy, called, which he calls the new cross. And here's what he says, and let me quote. All unannounced and mostly undetected, there has come in modern times a new cross. It is like the old cross, but different. Its likenesses are superficial. Its differences are fundamental. From this cross has sprung up a new philosophy of Christian life, a new evangelical technique, a new kind of preaching from this new cross. Three things that he points out as number one, the new cross is not opposed to the world. The new cross is not opposed to the world, but rather a friend of the world, a pal, a source of good, clean fun. It lets the old man, the Adam, the old nature live without interference. His life's motive 
is unchanged under the new cross. He still lives for his own pleasure and benefit. The accent of the new cross is on enjoyment, self. Um, I'm not saying that they don't strive for a higher level of moral and ethical standard. They do. But the new cross is not opposed to the world. But the old cross is absolutely opposed to the world by the verses that I read that were Jesus' words. Secondly, the new cross encourages a new and entirely different evangelical approach. In other words, witnessing approach. The message is more about similarities to the people it's spoken to than differences. No abnegation of the old life before a new life can be received. You can just add Christ to your lifestyle. That sound familiar? You can't add Christ to your lifestyle. If you come to the old cross and are crucified with Christ, the old life must die, must change. The ways of God are opposite the ways of the world, not similar to it. Whatever this sin-mad world is clamoring after for the time or for the moment is cleverly shown to be the very thing this new gospel offers. Only the religious product of it is just better. Thirdly, the new cross does not slay the sinner, but the old cross does. The new cross gears him for a cleaner and a jollier life of living and saves his self-respect in the meantime. It's all things to all men. The Christian message is slanted in the direction of the current vogue in order to make it acceptable to the public. A pastor a former pastor of a mega church just recently said in the news that we're not very far in, our, in the Christian community from approving homosexual behavior. But that's not the old cross, folks. That's the new cross, folks. Because you can't approve of the homosexual behavior unless you absolutely contradict the word of God. You better figure out whose side you're on. The new cross is not the cross Jesus is mentioning in the Bible. In Christianity, you must die before you can spiritually live. John chapter 12, Jesus' words, verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. When I got born into the family of God, that was just my inception. That was just like a woman having a baby after nine months of incubation there. She has her baby. That's just the beginning of the life. You wouldn't take your little child you're getting ready to have and just set it outside and say, grow up on your own, do your best. Christ wants you not just to birth you and put you in heaven. He wants to grow you, just like a good parent wants to grow their child. And so he comes in with the blessed Holy Spirit. Paul said twice in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells? If you're born from above, you, have been in, you are indwelt by the very Holy Spirit. The very God himself is in you. The Holy of Holies in the Old Testament, that's you. And the very nature of God is to change. When God comes into your life, he must, by very nature of who he is, change you. 
and make you into his image. Now, he doesn't rape you. It must be your choice. It must be a yes or no. But as a good father, if you, if you resist his, his uh, encouragement to grow, encouragement to shed the world and be, more, and be like him, he, he gives you what the Bible calls chastisement. Hebrews chapter 12. It's what your parents, if they loved you, did to you when you disobeyed them. I remember the first time I, I disobeyed my parents so many times. Was there a first time? But I remember disobeying my parents, and the law came down. Boom. Thank God for parents who be willing to, 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 to convince their children that disobedience is a bad thing. And everybody said? Amen. Except the kids. I didn't hear any kids say that. You must die spiritually before you can live. There is no negotiating with the old cross. It is a yes or no answer. A lot of times when I'm talking to people, I ask them a yes or no answer, and you start getting this big, long explanation. I say, stop. This is just a yes or no question. This is just a yes or no question. Sometimes I've written missionaries about their position on an area. I know it is bad when I get three written pages back when it should have been a yes or a no. And then I write the missionary back and said, this is just a yes or no question. I don't need three, three pages to explain why you're a no. It should be a yes. The new cross does not slay the sinner. It gears him and helps him to be better. But the old cross, brother, it slays you. I had dreams and plans before I got right with God. I was going to be a realtor in Indiana and my parents had a real estate office in Michigan, a real estate office in Indiana, and had a lake lot. And I had use of their boat, and I was going to be the kid that came in and took all that stuff over and sold real estate. And woo-wee, I was going to have a life of, of eat, drink, and be merry. And then God got a hold of me. 18 years old, I died. And what you're looking at this morning is a dead man that is allowing, by the grace of God, Christ to live in him. But he can only live in me as I die to myself. As I say, okay, I got those plans, I give them up. Okay, I, well, he called me to go to all places, Bob Jones University. Back then in 1970, it was like West Point. They made you get up and make your bed and wash the sink. There couldn't be a hair in the sink. You, get it, you had to go to D.C. That's disciplinary committee. I was familiar with it. And I'd go to D.C. and stand in line like a little kid. Here I am, 18 years old. I can't imagine treating an 18-year-old like that. And they make you stand in line. They made you, made, you made your bed. Your feet had to be on the floor at 7 a.m. On and on and on. You had to go to bed at 11 o'clock. I said, okay, God, I'll do it. And but it, by the way, I didn't go with a bad attitude. I went with a good attitude. You see, obedience with a bad attitude is not obedience. That's not biblical obedience. Biblical obedience is obedience with a good attitude, amen? When I tell my wife I want her to clean the house, I want her to say, oh, thank you, I wanted to do that. <laughs> I don't want her to say you're going to regret that decision. <laughs> that's not obedience. That's, 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 stand, that's sitting down on the uh, outside and standing up on the inside, as they say. That's no good. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his, his cross, and follow me. The cross is radical by nature. 
There is no place for carelessness, half-heartedness, casual attitude when it comes to the cross. The old cross is radical in its, in its, in its request of you. The new cross produces nothing but a strange mixture of confusing signs. You've got hippies and drunks and drug addicts and whores and sensual women and homosexuals and violent crimes all wearing a cross about their neck with no change. Amen? Strange. The power departed when it was changed from a thing of death to a thing of beauty. The power of the cross was never to be beautiful. Christ used it as a symbol of death, like the Romans did. But the new cross and the, the new way was it was a symbol of compromise, a symbol of life, a symbol of a magic sign that if you wore it around your neck, somehow bad things would not happen to you. And it became weak. Its purpose was to silence the old cross's purpose was to silence once, silence once and for all its victim. It silenced Christ. It silenced all those who've been crucified with Christ since then. It silences the old man, Adam. No more excuses. It paves the way for the new man, Christ, to be raised and to walk in the newness of life. The new cross transforms, not conforms. It is transformed. By the way, it transforms Saul, the ruthless persecutor, to Paul, the friend of sinners. It changes a bad man and makes him a good man by the grace of God. It changes thieves to honest man. The, the, the old cross changes a drug addict to a clean, drug-free asset to those who live around him. The old cross will change a whore and make her a one-man woman. The old cross changes the vulgar. And makes it proper and clean. It destroys the old pattern of Adam's son or daughter. It changes us into the likeness of Christ. The new cross has the same verbiage as the old cross, but lacks the changing power. Do you know why so many folks getting turned off of Christianity? Because they're looking at the new cross. The new cross not worth dying for. The new cross is not worth giving your life for. The new cross is not wor wor worth, wor worth working for. But brother, the old cross is. I've seen it take drunks and transform them into sober people. I've seen them take bad people, lazy people, make them workers. I've seen it take, uh, out, take, take drug addicts and clean them up and cause them to be trustworthy. It'll take a liar and make him truthful. The old cross Maybe you've chosen, maybe you've chosen the wrong cross. Maybe that's why you think Christianity isn't worth living for. Maybe that's why you possibly disdain Christianity because you've looked at a Christianity that does not demand anything. But let me tell you this, the old cross under Jesus Christ says, if you want to be my disciple, then I expect you to come and to take up your cross and you deny yourself and to follow me. I'd like to paint you a better picture, but if I did, it wouldn't be truthful. But you say, Brother Bill, that's such a harsh thing. It's glory. It's glory. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. 
Because in the end, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, and you give it daily, by the way, according to Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and you lay your life down daily for you get up in the morning and say, may every decision I make today be yours, Lord. You're on the cross. When you do that, God then is able to direct you in his wisdom to help other folks and to encourage them. And that's a life that people want to emulate, people want to follow, people want to be like. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Is your old man crucified with him? That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. If you see a Christian out there, they say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And they're in sin. They're lying. They're lying. Read, read the book of 1 John. He that says he have fellowship with him and walk in darkness is a liar and the truth is not in him why because the old cross it doesn't do that galatians chapter one take your bibles with us would you please the bibles your electronic bibles your i hope you you get the e-sword uh, application for two dollars king james version of the bible there galatians chapter one verse four It says, who gave himself for our sins. Are you there yet? Galatians 1, 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Do you see that? The purpose of Jesus Christ giving himself for our sins is to what? Deliver us from this present evil world world. That is the very purpose stated as clear as anywhere else in the Bible in Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. It's the purpose of God to wash the evil of the philosophy of the devil himself out of you and me. And we're blind to it because we're right in our own eyes. It's a catch 22. There's no way you can wash yourself of the evil present world. You can't do it. You could just give yourself to Christ and let him wash you one day at a time. This book reveals what God's will is, what's right, what's wrong, and how to live it. If you don't immerse yourself in this word, part of being crucified with Christ is to be in the word of God and to immerse yourself in his word so that he can show you what it means to to be delivered from the present evil world there. According to the will of God our Father. I ask you this final question. What cross have you chosen? Have you chosen the new cross? Comes under all kinds of labels, all kinds of names. It's been popular. It's been unpopular. It's been popular. Some of the largest churches in the, in the world go by this new cross, but that's not the Bible you read, is it? Go back to the book. Read the book and say, God, I want to live under your cross. Pick up your cross that's been uniquely created for you by Christ himself and say, I want to live crucified to the old man, crucified to the lusts and passions of this world. And I want to live daily 
on the old cross and follow you. Father, help us this morning to understand what it means to follow Christ, to do his will. We pray, Father, that the Spirit of God may come. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that there could have been folks in our midst here that have been confused about what it means to be a Christian. They've seen other Christians been disappointed and said their Christianity this must not be true, it must not be real doesn't have any power, nobody changes they just, they just add it to their life, they go to church, become pious on Sunday, but Monday they cuss and swear and cheat and, and, and are immoral and just like the rest of the world, uh, they get divorced like everybody else, they, they, they don't obey the word, they don't care about the word what, what, why would I live for that? Why would you? I'm not living for the new cross I'm living by the grace of God for the old cross. Which cross have you chosen? You say, Brother Bill, I, I, I've never seen it like I have today. Why don't you today say, I want to choose the cross that Christ talked about. I want to choose that cross that he will give me. To be crucified to the world and the world to me. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Father, explain it better than I could. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. This hand has led through shadows dream, and while
strength.